What is up, Internet? Yeah, we're going to start everyone with singing now. This is the only podcast about movies. My name is Matthew Kroll. And I'm Shahir Dow. Okay, we're going to start it with singing. Oh, wait, wait, no, no. And we're not going to continue. I'm going to sing the entire podcast. Great. Okay, we're going to talk to you about a film today about puppies. Puppies, yay! Yay. Oh, wait a minute, it's kind of sad, and it's called White God. White God. Have you seen it? I've seen it. I've seen it. Now, how did you hear about this film? You told me to watch it. <laughs> okay, if you didn't have a Shahir Dowd in your life. Oh, uh, I would watch much less heady films. I I don't think it's a heady film, but like. I'm not saying this is. Yeah, okay. I'm all saying right. I would, in general, you asked what would happen. All right, all right. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> um, so I heard about this film right. because I saw a pretty amazing trailer. So. Uh, Wait, it, you don't watch trailers? No, I, 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 I have a thing now. I think I've defined my rule, which is mm-hmm. that I watch the first trailer of any movie just so I can find out about it. You know, you're being pretty wishy-washy <laughs> on <laughs> wishy-washy. all these rules. Yeah. I think if we went back to the Terminator podcast uh, a couple weeks ago, you did say that yeah, you watch. don't watch trailers. I, do, I try not to watch trailers, but I did watch the trailer for this, and I think if you're listening to this podcast right now and you haven't seen White God, stop for two reasons. One, we're going to spoil everything about White God. Yep. Two, um, do yourself a favor. Go watch the trailer. If you're a dog person, you mm. might really enjoy this trailer. If you liked Planet of the Apes, you might really enjoy this trailer. If the trailer does enough for you, you might really enjoy watching this film. And I might say with those first two, obviously the third one, if you like the trailer, you might like the film. Uh, I think the first two things you said might also mean you don't like this movie. That's true. I have a friend who's a who's a dog lover, mm-hmm. Hayek Keisha in Tehran. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm like 50-50 as to whether they're going to like this movie or not because of... The dog-on-dog violence. Right, and there's some, you know, Mm -hmm. we'll get to sort of the story of it in a minute, but there are obviously some uh, disturbing parts in this film, or maybe not so obviously, but uh, the second it started, and there's a nice message in the beginning about all the dogs they used found homes and stuff like that, so which is great. And these dogs were... All strays. All stray dogs that were... In Hungary. In Hungary. It's a Hungarian film. Yes. Um, Shall we set it up? What, what, What is this film about? It's about a young girl who has a dog named, what was his name, Hagen? Hagen. 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 And, uh, like, you just want to hug him. Hug He's him. a beautiful dog. He's a cool-looking dog. Yeah. Um, who is a mutt, and she lives with her mother normally, but her mother and her new boyfriend are going away somewhere that Australia. doesn't matter. MacGuffin Town. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and she has to go move back in with her father, who was a professor, but now he's a butcher. He's a, he's a meat inspector. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he was a professor. He was a professor. He's probably involved in bacteria or something. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, so he, she goes to live with her father. The father doesn't like the dog. They get into a big thing. The girl wants to be with the dog. The dog there's like a tax if you have a, a mutt in, in Hungary, apparently. Right? That's Well, I'm not sure if it's real or not, but the, the film kind of plays on this allegory because the dog is a mixed breed dog. Yeah, it's a mutt. You know, kind of like... You know, there's there's a fair amount of political allegory in this film, and, and there's a discussion about whether this film is referring to immigrants to mm-hmm. Hungary as mm-hmm. well. So there's some sort of tax. I don't know if it's real or fictional. So a neighbor complains because the dog made noise because the father made it sleep in the bathroom, and then the father refused to pay for it, and then a couple things happen. One thing leads to another, and on a car trip, the father just decides to kick the dog, not as the car's moving, just stop the car, kick the dog out, and leave, uh, and basically mm-hmm. let the dog loose. Uh, in the streets of Hungary. Yeah, and it's kind of then it becomes like Milo and Otis. Yep. <laughs> yep. So oh, yeah, let's not we'll, we'll, this touches on a lot of dog films. <laughs> um Milo and Otis is one that we didn't actually write up here yeah. uh on our dog list. Uh but yeah, it it this movie overall tries to I think hit every sort of dog movie cliche, does it very well. And then goes a direction of dog movies that has I've never seen before, and we can get into that in a little bit. But it it's how do I how do I describe this movie as just sort of like as a beginning thing before we really break it down? It's it's a it's a dog movie in the sense of like you know what I just described like oh no it's sad now the dog's on his own and now what's the little girl gonna do and oh no and will they be reunited and how will it work and da 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 yeah. and then all of a sudden 
it kind of turns into a horror film in a weird way. Yeah, it, it takes a major turn, and and that's not necessarily a spoiler. The trailer gives away that major turn. Okay, I, I was surprised when I watched the film how late that turn comes in. Yeah, it's not. It's not like you know the 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 trailer sells that as like the big thing in the film. But it's it's really the last thing in the film. The film has a lofty two hours to it, mm. and I honestly feel like it could be like an hour and a half. Like I got it a lot, especially waiting for that turn, and then once the turn sort of hits, there was just a lot of stuff where I'm like, "Yeah, I get it." I Actually, get it. this would be interesting because you didn't watch the trailer; and you just kind of went off of my recommendation. So, yes. so when you watched it, uh, where did you like like when? When the middle of the film came around, uh, where you know, like, so you know, again, we're going to be spoiling the film here, yep, but yep, yep, but yep. but but essentially, Hagen mm-hmm. uh, goes through a series of new owners who all abuse him in some way or the other, yep. uh, and mainly so, just selling him a lot. Yeah, they're basically trading, um, you know, between owners. And in the middle of the film, he is sold to a dog fighter, mm-hmm. and is you know this lovable dog who's very very sweet and gentle is suddenly beaten up and transformed into some sort of fighter. Into Max. Into Max. He, yeah, his, his name, name is Max. changed. A Mad Max, if you will. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. Um, what did you, when you were watching it, what did you think, you know, where did you think this film was going? Uh, it, it rode the roller coaster that I was seeing pretty close to the rails other than the major turn. Um, I thought it was, you know, I, I've seen things like this. I just thought it was going to be a more sort of visceral dog movie. Right. Like, even from the beginning and the way it's sort of shot, and like there's a beginning when you meet the father who's working at his meat inspection plant. Like, they're gutting and draining cattle hanging on hooks. And I my was like... My wife did not enjoy that. And I was eating lunch, by the way. <laughs> I, I was like, I sat down, I had my peanut butter and jelly, and I was like, oh, this is gonna... Oh, mm, mm. <laughs> Uh, which you know, but then actually, I thought about it, and I was like, I shouldn't be grossed out by this because I eat meat all the time. And then you I do. just buckled down and just watched it, and still ate, and I was fine. It's but, it's a, it's a fairly tough movie to watch, right? Yeah, yeah, like, it, and and maybe that's why I think it was long because it was just it was a lot of it was a lot of heartache for a long time through it. And yeah. um, there's this t- sort of turning point, and I think it happens after after. Um, Hagen or Max's, I'll call the the mean dog Max, even though it's the same dog. Yeah. Uh, his first fight and his first kill. Yeah. Uh, and then it sort of turns. It um, turns after that. So so again, you know, just recapping the beginning. Dog, uh, you know, girl and her dog. Dog is separated from girl. Mm-hmm. Dog is sold to new owner. Dog becomes dog fighter. Dog kills another dog. Dog runs away from Sid killing spree and stu- and then well let's pause for a second yeah. we're getting this, we're gonna build this turn up and then we're gonna oh it's a turn up get it yeah, yeah. you're turn gonna build for, this turn up for what no I was yeah, referencing up. the vegetable uh, no <laughs> um, no no so so that's the dog story right yeah so that's not the whole thing that we're seeing mm-hmm. uh, the other side of it is how the young girl named Lily is sort of going through her life and. Um, she is very despondent once, you know, doesn't like the father and keeps running away, running away, running away. She eventually starts going to, like, parties with, like, a couple older kids in her music class. Uh, and and uh, one, at, at one point she gets real low and, like, starts drinking. How old is she in this movie? She's, like, young. I want to say 11 or 12. It, like, I, I, like she's, I'm bad at ages. I, I, I'm not exactly sure the age, but I feel like she's bordering on puberty. Yeah, right, she's like, not. Yeah. yeah, so this is a a young girl, and she like goes to these like raves and like drinks a bunch of vodka or whatever the hell they were drinking, and like just sits there and is like miserable. So she takes this sort of dark downward spiral. Uh, now this is sort of this is the interesting part. When I was watching it, and this is the part I was talking about that I was like, oh, this is why they're making this movie. I saw a direct correlation right. from the dog's journey and her journey towards sort of this nightmare entropy like everything in your life is shitty and it's slowly going down you're like well fuck it yeah now the difference is i thought that they were gonna both sort of turn and be you know they were gonna have their same term and moment of redemption like together because i felt like the dog and lily or hagen and lily really like were the same it was supposed to be the same thing the same character almost right right but yeah what they do is Lily makes up with her father after one night of like harsh partying and she gets picked up by her dad and her dad who's been an asshole pretty much the entire time breaks down and he's like oh you're an adult blah blah, blah. and then they start getting along yeah. and you're like oh Lily's okay Lily's getting better Hagen gets brought to the eventually caught by the no well oh, 
What happens after he, he gets away from the dogfighting ring? He gets away from the dogfighting ring. He breaks back into the pound. Oh no, he no, you're right. He gets caught and then he by the dog catchers by the dog catchers and then he's in a pound and he attacks someone in a pound and then eventually inadvertently lets all the dogs out and then forms a dog kind of army. Yeah, it's referred to as an army as a dog army. And and if you're laughing right now, you're not mm. wrong because this movie has been incredibly serious to this point. And then it's basically Hagen's greatest hits or Max's greatest hits, mean Hagen. Yeah. Uh he goes back and kills Every, every person that's wronged him down <laughs> down to the neighbor that lied and said he bit her in the yeah. beginning. I was like, get... how did he know that? Well, that's where this movie for me falls apart. It it completely does, and it's weird that it falls apart there because the selling point of the movie is this idea that the dog revolts against human beings, and I'm fine with that. And yeah. I'm fine for even if we wanted to go the Planet of the Apes, Apes sort of super smart dog, like dogs are getting like this dog is smart and he, whatever, but like. We don't. They don't set that up at all. He's a dog. He's a dog as you understand dogs to be. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he becomes like Charles Xavier dog. Yeah, his, like the, the internal logic of the film falls apart very quickly. And very quickly. And and if you can't grab on, like it's if you're like I'm using the roller coaster analogy. If that takes the sharpest turn you've ever felt, and if you can't hold on, there's yeah. no seatbelt. And it, I feel like the movie is going to lose a lot of people. Like, yeah, interest-wise. I, 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 well, no, I think it's interesting. And the thing I do like about the film is it, it is an accomplishment in the fact that there's no CGI in this film. And to, you know, the old adage, if you're making a film, don't, don't ever work with dogs, you know, animals and kids. <laughs> and this is, this is an animals and kids movie. Thanks, Hungry. Um, but, I, you know, like the spectacle of 250 dogs running down the street at, you know, like... It is kind of exhilarating, yeah. and it is quite beautiful, but the film doesn't narratively back it up. And I and I I think you know it just it doesn't quite come together. Now, and and you you seem to like the um, the thing with the daughter, like kind of like exploring her, uh, you know, her adolescence growing into a woman kind of thing. I just thought it was very it was very mirroring sort of what was happening to her. I, I didn't actually see it that way. I didn't think it was mirroring. And I actually kind of liked that that their journey seemed to be very different. And hers had some nuance to it. You know, like it wasn't just like, oh, you know, the the dog is getting beaten up and now she's getting beaten up. You know, she was kind of like she was kind of fighting back already. She was like, you know, meeting older boys, deciding to like go to a party, you know, running away, trying to you know, she's basically taking life in her, into her own head. Right, but she's making shit decisions. She's making terrible decisions. And the dog the dog is in shitty situations. That's yeah. I mean like that it, it's not they're not both being like now it's time for the dark path. Uh, uh is being forced down this path where she is just rebelling into this path. I don't and I don't think her path is necessarily that bad. Like she's you know she's she doesn't do anything that like well, is worse than you would expect of a course, teenage girl but this to is, do. But it's also shot very like like this is rough. This is rough. I'm at a discotheque and his red light. It's very like I think the whole film has that aesthetic to it. Right. But then my point is her arc yeah, does exactly what I expected it to do. Again, roller coaster. I'd be like, "Wee!" And now yeah. we're up, and we're back, and she's happy, and we're dad with her dad, and everything's good. Like, oh, she dipped down into the darkness and came up because that's sort of what happens in movies. Yeah. Uh, and then, and Hoggins, Jesus, he becomes he becomes John Connor uh, of of the yeah. two hundred fifty dogs. This is my issue overall with so the dogs run rampant down the streets of Hungary, and they the populace. Freaks out. Of course they do. <laughs> I wouldn't freak out. This was not the dogs. No, let's put this this way. There were a couple. Um, there were a couple larger dogs, but not <laughs> not many. Like a lot of them were lower than knee height. Right. If I saw two hundred dogs running my way, I probably wouldn't run. But the the dogs do kind of attack, and they do like they attack people, and they they, they attack people. After they're running and screaming, like they didn't attack one person, but it, for a while they're just running, and people are acting like Godzilla is coming down the street. There were people who locked themselves in their cars, screaming like it was the birds. We'll we'll talk yeah. about that in a little bit. Yeah, they, like and then like I was just I was like, why is this so scary? Like it's mm. it's not scary, and the actors it seemed like were told like this is a terrifying thing. Yeah, yeah. and I'm just like it's kind of adorable, <laughs> and I know I'm not there, but it, that really took me out of it when they were acting like 
this is a militant. Like, the people were acting like the dogs were an army before we were told that the dogs were acting like an army. It's kind of like Night of the Lippus with the, the giant killer rabbits. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, the yeah, adorable yeah. killer rabbits. And then there's a couple things where, like, they finally call in the military. Yeah. It, and and there's like a blockade set up and like they have their guns drawn where they think the dogs are going to go and then one barks behind them and they flip sides of the fucking barricade and then all the dogs come from the other side like they planned it. it it's funny because I think on the lit, you know, like uh, this is a Hungarian, I wouldn't say it's an art house film necessarily, no, but I think it's no. it's like, you know, the director is a fan of Terminator, for example. He's a director of action yeah. movies. And this is kind of trying to play on the level of action movies, yeah, and it never got there for me. Well, I think the I think it's a, it's a a political allegory that tries to play on the level of action movies, which you could argue Planet of the Apes and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes do as well. Mm-hmm. But but the internal logic of his allegory doesn't quite hold up to the, like the logistics of the action movie. It's right. just, it doesn't quite make sense, and, and there are turns that happen in that final third that are just all over the map for me and you know the ending kind of doesn't work but at the same time it is quite a remarkable thing to watch and you kind of watch it with this sort of sense of awe in terms of for a few reasons one is the dog performance is pretty amazing like you really like the dog gives the best performance in the film yeah and oh, it's very yeah. it's very nuanced like the dog played st- by two dogs played by two dogs yeah and the dog stops and will stare at something and there'll be you know like you can see it kind of working things mm-hmm. out in its brain and the story unfolds through the way the dog looks at something and it's really yeah it's quite amazing i think the dog gives a better performance than anyone in the film. In fact, the dog won an award at Cannes as well. Good. Um, no, he was great. Both of them were great. And um, I, I'm, the main problem is the the film is a two hitter between the dog and the girl. And the girl for me didn't quite work. I, I felt her performance was kind of like, let's do angsty teenager and not emote, and that's fine for the real world, but not necessarily great in in a cinematic world i didn't i i you know i was saying i I appreciated the sort of dichotomy that i saw in it i didn't think the girl's story was particularly interesting it's a story i'd seen a million times before yeah uh you know and it was fine and you kind of needed to get away from the dog i actually thought honestly because it was on it stays on um hagen for a while after the car leaves yeah the initial thing and i thought we weren't going to see the girl again like i I thought it was just going to be following the dog because it stays with him for like the next 15 minutes or something and i was like oh this is the dog movie movie. he finds his buddy he finds flag yeah which is not flag uh uh, flag is the uh and i think it's supposed to be flag but they say it in the movie (laughs) umberto d is the old man's dog uh in that movie and this dog looked exactly like him but this time with like a little broken rope collar and it was just like oh my god i mean this these dogs are separated by like 40 no longer than that 60 years uh but it could be the same dog um yeah it this is what i wanted and i would have no problem with the weird ass turns of the super smart vindictive like uh hagen telling other dogs to kill people that attacked him with a butcher knife Mm -hmm. once like three months ago yeah um if they just like when it was nice and like Lily and Hagen were together and whatever, like if they had just sprinkled a little bit of this dog is smarter than most dogs, but they didn't. In fact, he was a very good dog. Yeah. But he wasn't he wasn't super smart. There's a part in the beginning that she gets in trouble because the dad doesn't want to leave the dog in the apartment. So she takes it to her music class and she puts him in a in a cabinet. And she's sitting with one of these girls she knows, and he's in there. She's like, he's going to bark. And Lily's like, no, he's not. And eventually he barks. But it takes a while. Like, that's exactly how a dog yeah. would act. It doesn't, yeah, you're right. It, 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 the, the, the logic of the final turn doesn't line up with, with what we've. how we've, yeah. So especially, and this might, this, what you said might even circle back and feed into this. I didn't even think about it. The, the, the fact that the dogs or the dogs give such a great performance uh, playing Hagen. It means that, like, how do I put it? I want, like, the, the the writing or the story arc of this character being the dog is betrayed by how good the dog, quote-unquote, acts, if that makes sense. Let me back it up. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the other way around. Uh, maybe I'm speaking yeah. it backwards, but yeah. just the fact that there's not enough... The, since the dog does such a good job acting... Yeah. Since there's, I know that it could pull off, and the director could pull off with that dog a couple hints as to this dog is special. Yeah, in the beginning that they never do when they finally make the turn and he becomes the leader. 
uh, of this pack, yeah. uh, and it's not even a pack mentality. It's just it it feels like an army. Like they call it an army. He acts like an army. They like follow him and stop with him and like yeah. And, and and I get you know like that whole thing works on a on on an allegorical level. Like you can kind of understand like this this group that is being oppressed suddenly fights sure. back, and I think that has to do with Hungarian politics. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work on an internal logic for this film. And no. It doesn't resonate. It just kind of feels like it 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 feels. And I admire the director for doing this. It feels mm-hmm. like taking your story, it, escalating it in a way that most films don't do. You know, most films kind of like get to their emotional climax and then peter out whereas this kind of goes no 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 we're gonna like escalate it beyond into yeah. something into some nether realm yeah um and i think it's kind of it's it's admirable and it's interesting and it honestly is the hook that sold me on i have to see this film but it doesn't work in the film right uh, it, it doesn't really play sense. and 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 it's a real shame because this movie has so much going for it mm-hmm. you know like it is very well constructed yep. and very very well beautifully written and I like that the girl has nuance to her and you know even though I don't think the performance is there and I don't think the writing around it is there mm-hmm. I I feel like there's nuance and interest to it you know like that I haven't quite seen and and a level of, for a film that is ostensibly kind of a Hungarian blockbuster a Hungarian action movie 700 million uh whatever hungary's currency is. hungarian florence yeah, yeah that's how uh, much that costs yeah uh, which is two and a half million dollars us um i think it 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 just doesn't quite work on those terms and and then and it's a shame because then the allegory for me kind of starts to fall apart and i'm not a big fan of planet of the of the the reboot of planet of the mm-hmm. apes I, I don't think the reboot is particularly good i really like dawn of the planet of the apes but I think that those films, just on an allegorical level, work much better because they're so clear about what the allegory is, and they're so clear about how the the uprising of the ape world is a parallel to like you know what it, whichever way you want to read it, oppression right. in some yeah. way. Um, whereas this this allegory, because it's dogs, and because the film is so realistic about what dogs are and what dogs can do. The second that they start doing things that dogs can't do. Yeah, and they do it very suddenly. Yeah, and uh, and a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and then other things happen, like, uh, is her name Ilya? Il- Ilsa? Um, she st- she seems this? to, the, the main girl. Oh, Lily. Lily, sorry, my bad. Uh, she seems to know right away what's going on, and she knows yeah. that ha- and she knows that Hagen is behind all of it. And yeah. she's like, "Hagen's trying to find me." I was like, "There's no way you know Hagen is trying to find you, and there's no way that you know what's going on right now." Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, like that kind of logic falls apart. And then, you know, the film kind of it ends on an interesting note where basically we know from the start of the film that that Hagen is calmed by Lily's trumpet playing. Yep. And so there's this frustrating thing that happens, which is that the final act of the film is Lily trying to find Hagen. And she has the trumpet in the back of her, in her backpack the whole time. And she's trying to like calm him and soothe him and she doesn't know what to do. And like there's this tense confrontation. And you just, as a viewer, you're sitting there the whole time going, just play the freaking trumpet. Yeah. You You know, like we know that's what it's there for. We know that that's going to end the movie. Yeah. Just play the trumpet, would you? Mm -hmm. Uh, And it just takes forever and it doesn't really work. Um, so, so it's a real shame that those things don't work because I think there's so much interest in this film. And, and again, if you're, I do think if you're a dog lover, you will enjoy this film because, you know, like up until the final act, it is a fairly realistic portrayal of dogs and like, and you know, the way that human beings anthropomorphize dogs, you know, the way we kind of like, well, that's what I want to get into. yeah. Yeah. The way we kind of like see emotions in dogs that may not necessarily be there. This film like really goes whole hog with that. Probably you know in the great tradition of like films like Milo and Otis and um, I don't know uh, what, what you know like uh, Marley I mean, and Me. Marley and Me. <laughs> yeah. You know uh, any dog movie kind of anthropomorphizes and dogs. some more than others for comedic effect like Beethoven or the Air Buds or all that shit. Like yeah, they yeah. Give them personalities. If you like those films, but you're hungry for an adult version of those films, yeah. Watch the first two thirds of this movie. Yeah, I think, right. I think it's really interesting. And then and then may, you know look the film did very well and it's reviewed very highly it's um, a well-made film yeah i mean maybe that turn just didn't work for you and you and me it, d- it definitely didn't work for me no um and maybe it would work for, for for someone who really really buys into this dog character the um you know it's funny and i know i always go back to this it's not the avengers oh, boy. uh real steel <laughs> We're just talking about real yeah, steel yeah. so the robot we talked about that yet but i know you're a big fan uh the robot in real steel 
his turn of sort of like is he conscious or like is he like a, like because they kind of whatever. Uh, there's I'm not going to get into too much of real steel, but they put these incredibly subtle you can decide for yourself or not moments like yeah. is he glitching or is this some sort of thing like that means he has a consciousness to him I, the, and so that's i've seen it done in a much sillier movie yeah it would have been so easy to sprinkle just hagen to have a little bit of moments where like even if lily didn't see it or no one else saw it but the audience like the dog just doing something where you're like that dog knows shit there is there is a couple of really good moments like that. Like I think uh, after Hagen's first kill, you know when he's Max and he and he has to fight this Rottweiler. Mm-hmm. Um, he funny enough, I used to own a Rottweiler called Max. Um, <laughs> he and he kills uh, the Rottweiler. He kind of stands over it in horror, and like that's a it's a right. It's well, a that's... beautiful moment. Yeah, it's a great shot. And but mm. again, like it's not. Yeah. So, but then this is this is what I'm talking about. I. I... I've never seen a dog kill another dog live, so I don't know if they actually do that and or nor not. Nor do you want to. No, Michael. But Dick. like, but the, yeah, <laughs> but like, that to me felt super. Like that was the turn where I'm like, oh, dogs are people now. Like that, that and we're an- amp- anthropomorphizing. 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 I'm saying um, wrong. <laughs> uh, that's like where we're like we we took a shot because we've seen a million times in movies where a, a guy or a girl kills someone else and they stand back they're like oh my god oh my god like they have that moment that look in their eyes and they stand still for a second and then they'll run yeah that exact shot is done with a dog yeah and the emotion is there but it's it's shot in a way where it's it it imprints that emotion on you yeah that dog dogs don't do that I've had yeah. dogs I've grown up with dogs. And and even pets in general, like since I've started owning, I have a, I have a cat now, and it's like we do put a lot of ourselves into these animals. Yeah, obviously, and 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 that's not necessarily right. Like I have a, you know, like as far as dogs go, I have this weird thing about crating. People crate their dogs, right. you know, like, and I I don't know if it works or not. But people say, well, look, this is actually better for the dog, and some people say, no, it's not good for the dog because a dog, you know, wouldn't you like? Would you like to be stuck in a crate all day? And I'm and so I don't really know. How far the extents go, but like this, this film certainly asks you to take a leap of faith as far as that, right? You know, printing a human emotion onto the dog because this film is suggesting that this dog is vindictive. It mm-hmm. has, uh, it has memory, it has sense memory, and it can, it can use those things to tell other dogs to be very speci- to to attack very specific people, right? And here's the thing, sort of where that logic of, okay, so let's say even though it does that breakneck speed turn very quickly, say you're still on board. Yeah. What I got is I'm like, okay, so he is remembering the <laughs> all these places and people that wronged him. He can find his way back. Why couldn't he find Lily? <laughs> yeah. And, and But then, so then I'd argue, okay, then I'd argue that maybe he's just so fucking crazy that he's not even thinking about Lily yeah. until the trumpet's played, and then there's sort of the end sort of thing. But like... I don't want to ruin the end, end, end. We're, we're ruining the whole we're, thing. Okay. Well, like, there's no, there's a beautiful shot at the end. Yeah. But it's not happy. I think it's, I, I don't know if it's not, I, I think it's happy. No. Like, like because, there's a happy medium. No, here's the difference. So there's a scene, uh, the father, which was, this is amazing. So the dogs are all coming at Lily, right? They're okay. all coming in, and they're all in a line, and Max is like six feet in front of him, or Hagen yeah. is six feet in front. And, and, the dad who, oh, by the way, he gets stuck in a freezer, but then he's instantly freed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, there's a whole moment where he's stuck, and then he's just out. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. Uh, he comes out with a homemade flamethrower. Yeah, where did he get? No, it he was, got that from the butcher. It was an oxygen tank in the butcher shop, but he lit it on fire. Like, yeah. and it was, and I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I was like, and that felt very Terminator to me. Yeah. And then- the, Lily plays the trumpet, and all the dogs go from growling to like lying down and becoming very docile. Yeah. And then the the father's uh, worker friend who is in the building comes out and goes, "Should I call the police?" And the father says, and the reason why I think it's a sad ending is he says, "Give them a little bit more time because they're all going to be they're separate. all going to die." Probably okay. Okay, yes. From that sense, yes, I agree. If they didn't put that in there, and the father just went and lied down with Lily and the dogs, yeah. Even if the dog didn't come up to Lily or do anything like that, like <laughs> you still would have had that, like, oh, they're back together moment. That's a sad ending. Those dogs in this world they've created, not in real life, are all dead. There's yeah. no way those dogs are alive. So yeah. that was the end for 
for Hagen. Yeah. And it's it's a sad ending. Yeah, yeah. And, and you you gotta wonder about what the future of the world looks like for Hagen. Say say for example, somehow Lily and her dad convince Hagen, like convince the authorities to like let Hagen come home with them. Like what is the world? He's got like... dog PTSD, yeah, man. Yeah. Like he's not <laughs> So yeah, it doesn't it it doesn't what about on an allegorical level? Does it like I, I personally think that on an allegorical level, the film's lack of action coherency means that the allegory falls apart. And then but even on an allegorical level, say say we we transplanted this film into a, into the United States and it starts maybe maybe this shouldn't be a one-to-one relationship. Maybe allegory isn't the, is the wrong word, but like, you know, like as soon as you start saying, well, this is like you know, like the director mentioned the gypsies in Hungary, sure. and and you know, like suddenly when you say, well, okay, gypsies are dogs, then you know, like that allegory seems somewhat um, puerile, somewhat, somewhat, you know, in, you know, somewhat too simplified and possibly offensive as well. I, I don't think the allegory works in that one-to-one relationship. Yeah, no, I agree. But, but it is problematic because obviously the dogs. Like the dog, you know, Hagen's happy state is next to Lily in a sort of companion way. Right. Uh, they even watch uh, a dog, you know, like at the very start of the film, they, they're, they're sitting on top of a mountain. They watch oh, yeah. a dog like being trained and Lily turns to a dog and says, I'll never make you do that. So this sort of idea of subservience is kind of played into, but it doesn't quite work. You know, they, they want you to set up that that Lily and Hagen's relationship is the way that like life should be in a sense that she's not making him do anything he doesn't want to do until she shoves him in a closet in music class, uh, and then he's not he's not Marley from Marley and Me either. He's not like a problem dog. Yeah, no, he's just a dog. He's just a good old boy, happy um, dog. Yeah, and and I don't know. I and and. Uh, and the well, we can continue. I have something about the mutts. Well, even you know, okay. So then, so so if allegory on a racial or or political level kind of doesn't quite work in this film. The other film that we you know kind of mentioned early on or teased early on was The Birds, where the birds start. You know, in Alfred Hitchcock's film, the birds attack, and no one's exactly sure why. But we know that in this small town, it's in San Francisco somewhere. There's a disruption of power. Through the arrival of um, uh, what's her name, Tippy, Hid- you know Tippy Hedren's character, mm-hmm. you know she she usurps her mother's power, usurps, and, usurps, and there's a there's a there's a change in uh, sexual dynamics, and then these these birds seem to like act upon that in some way, and there's a sort of odd logic to that film, which is not directly parallel, but you can kind of feel no, the tension. No, it makes sense in the weird-ass world it sets up. Yeah, and it, that doesn't happen in White right. God as well. Like, the the again, the, the even the sort of metaphysical allegory doesn't really right. work. Now, let me ask you this. This might be a little bit tangential, but why do you think the film is called White God? I mean, I personally... Now, there's, there's two explanations for this. Um, I personally think it's a play on Samuel Fuller's film, White Dog, which is about a racist dog. You know, it was about a dog that was trained by its owner to attack black people. Okay. And I think this film is a reversal, like, is a reversal of that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another side of it, which is that I think the director, and I, and I, I'm, there's an article on Salon.com, or it might have been Slate, where they talked about talking to the director, where he said, white God kind of suggests, A, that political inference that, that the white God is the white person who has um, colonized uh, minorities, right, and and so for the dog, this is God, mm-hmm. and it's a white person. Now, I don't think that allegory really holds up. Yeah, you know, like just under any kind of scrutiny, especially and, in a film that already has its allegories not quite holding water. Yeah, so, but that's that's those are the two things white could be called white God, and I think you know, and I yeah, I I personally like the idea that it plays more on Samuel Fuller's film a bit more, but right, but you know. I mean, I, again, went into it blind, and I had no idea other than I thought that maybe God and Dog was sort of just, you know, the flip. And then I was like, well, well, Max or, or Hagen isn't white. He's like a brown dog. Well, I guess, I mean, think about it. On Unless my... it's about Flog. Flog. Flog was white, the little buddy dog. Yeah, yeah let's talk about the buddy dog for a second. <laughs> well, no, just oh, before we do yeah. that, I was going to say that the, the, you know, maybe if you're thinking about it from a dog perspective, and it's, just, you know, like, you... You are looking at God when, if you're a dog and you haven't, you know, like you're thinking about the human world, but the human world is not for you. You know, it's a place that you, that is terrifying. Like, I love there's a, there's almost a Ted Thunderbody moment in this where like, 
where the the white dog that you were talking Flog. about. And, Let's just and, call him Flog because he doesn't have a name. And Hagen are sitting on, on a couch like terrified of thunder. And I'm like thinking about the, the perspective of the world that they have when, when, you know, if you're a dog looking at the human world. So if, you know, like your owner is God to you because that that is the person yeah. who navigates mm-hmm. the world for you and protects you and looks after mm-hmm. you. So so white God kind of plays into that that idea. And and the idea of rebelling against God. So maybe the political allegory has to do less with politics and more to do with religion. I don't know. It, maybe. It's, it, it, it's possible to stretch it out that way. Yeah. It's, you know, I, what I like about this film that, that, you know, like maybe if we were talking about the overall – uh, difference between you, your and I approach to film mm-hmm. uh, is that we, I think a lot of times we're talking about open texts versus closed texts. Uh, and what I mean by that is certain films are like suggesting a very, very narrow range of ideas and that they're basically saying this, this is only about this thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas there are other films which are open texts, and I think this is, you know, The Birds is a really good example of an open text, which is that it could be read one of a million ways. Sure. And I think this is a film that, what I, even though I don't think it's at particularly functions, I think it's an interesting open text. That, I'll agree with you. It's an open text. It's an open text sort of uh, experience and story. The problem with it is once the text is open, right, and you're looking and you're reading the super, you can interpret this thing a million different ways. Yeah. Then it basically changes the language on you two thirds through, and you're just yeah. like, you're like, oh, it's this now. Like there's, it's too sharp of a turn. I know we've been using uh, yeah. things. It's just too sharp of a turn to work with not enough setup beforehand. But both I have... sides of it are are good, and you can look at it. If you can just hold on real tight around that bend, you can enjoy it on multiple levels. You want to talk about political, you want to talk about religious sort of iconography or just sort of like the thought process behind everything. But what really what really kneecaps this film is that fucking turn, man. It's it's a shame too because the turn is the hook. Yeah. And I and I like the hook. Yep. I like this idea. Yep. But it just it you know so you know again I was sold on the trailer which which sells the whole film on this turn, but it doesn't and every yeah yeah it, it doesn't hold on I've no. said that enough times now and yeah. also there's another there's a there's a sense of convenience in the in the last third of the film that the rest of the film does not have nothing is convenient and it's very real and yeah. then all of a sudden everything is like everyone's exactly where they're supposed to be yeah. and it, it it starts falling into the things I feel like you hate about like Marvel movies and yeah. things like that like where it's just sort of like oh well this guy's obviously here because plot yeah, like, yeah. play the trumpet just play the trumpet right. yeah. so so uh, then the, there's the part where Flog the little buddy mm. dog that they uh, uh, Hagen and, and Flog become mm. friends um and but then like Flog finds Lily before Hagen does. Yeah. And then Flog fucking like tries to lead Lily. Lily. Who Flog has never met <laughs> Lily. Yeah. Which this means that psychically Hagen has told <laughs> Flog, man, I really want to find my owner. Yeah. But they don't set that up at all. And uh. it's just and I'm like at that point, I think I muttered, and I do this on occasion. You might have witnessed. I just, I just under my breath, and I was like, "Fuck you." <laughs> I'm just like, no, like, it, it, and moments like that break for me an otherwise very enjoyable experience. And it's hard for me personally to get back on once yeah. that's happened. And again, I like everyone knows I like silly stupid movies, but I like the silly stupid movies that set up the rules of whatever silly stupid world that they've done. Yeah. And and stick with them. If you're gonna break your own movie's rules, there better be a good fucking reason, and you better do it masterfully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I think like the movie again, it's really weird to talk about White God in comparison to Mad Max Fury Road. But Mad Max Fury Road is a film that holds its internal logic and its allegory yep. really smartly. Um, and it's a shame that White God doesn't because there's so this premise is so potent. Yeah, it's such a it's such a beautiful idea. You want to hook a, a, a human audience? A human uh, audience. Yeah. There's no quicker way than doing it with a dog. And again, this dog is beautiful. The dog's awesome. Yeah, this, I, I want this dog. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just a shame that it doesn't hold up, and I, it it pains me that because I I you know I I chose this movie because I'm getting a little bored of the summer blockbuster yeah, fair, and I wanted to see something smaller, and more intimate. And it starts out smaller, intimate, and it's like it does this beautiful thing, which is that which I love in films, which is that it shows it doesn't tell. You know, like we yep. we we understand the world of the father 
through his actions. Yeah. We, we understand what is, you know, and we understand who he is. You know, like there's this beautiful scene where like a little blood drop is dropped onto mm-hmm. his shirt yeah, yeah. and he from can't the, wipe from it off. Shop, from yeah. the butcher shop. Yeah, and he can't wipe it off and you can see he's kind of a beaten man. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's beautiful little touches like that that I really, I really enjoy because they allow me to kind of like think through a film. Yeah, and there's a lot of those in this. Yeah, and that first two thirds are great. Yeah, um, and then it, and then, and then it turns... It, and, and it then turns into yeah. a horror movie. There must not be a lot of scary things in Hungry. You think that because this is... there's is two hundred dogs that are roughly knee level running at you. Everyone's acting like it's <laughs> it's War of the Worlds just flying down. I mean, just just on a visceral level, I think there is. Uh, it's a major accomplishment. This film, just in terms of the fact that these there are no CGI dogs, as far mm-hmm. as I know. There's probably no, there's CGI augmentation in some. In they might probably, have cleaned up a shot or probably, probably. I'm sure. And so these were dogs that were all stray dogs that were trained to perform. And and in a very realistic way, like d- the dogs don't seem to, apart from when they start killing people, <laughs> yeah. they don't seem to like perform in any sort of uh, non-dog-like way. And, and it's, 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 it is really masterfully it's done. A te- it's the testament to the trainers and the way that they shot with these dogs. And actually, you know, and you gotta, you gotta love a... a, a a story that, ba- and I'm talking about sort of the meta story, like yeah. these dogs all now have homes, and they're yeah. they're trained, and they're 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 actors now. They made it, yeah. And and you know they were just street dogs beforehand. I mean, my first dog growing up, my dog Duke, uh, he was literally a dog we found at a junkyard, and we fed him spaghetti, and then he just came home. Like yeah. he, so like I have an affinity for sort of street or mutt type dogs. I and I this is a little tangential, but like. Breeds, you know, breeds aren't a thing, right? Like yeah. the we people made breeds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and, and there's a there's a great photo of like uh, what a what a particular breed looked like in the 1900s versus what it looks like now, and yeah. it's completely different. But even then, like breeds aren't like we still created in the 1900s breeds. We were doing that. Mm-hmm. We, like dogs were dogs, and yeah. then they took the tall ones and stuck them with the tall ones, and they mm-hmm. took the short because they wanted to. It was like all the rage at, at Darwinian like, theory in in motion. It's it's uh it's it was well it's not even Darwinism. It's it's um it's what's what's it mean? <laughs> not Hitler's freaking uh, eugenics. Eugenics. It, no, but it, it, in a weird way, it might be the wrong word. But it's sort of the same thing. Like, oh, all of the small dogs with this type of tail, they can only fuck each other mm. and all this stuff. And that's how we have breeds. And yeah. we all know that that is a more unhealthy dog yeah. than than if you get a mutt just because you're inbreeding these dogs over and over and over. Bulldogs can't even have birth naturally. Yeah. You have to give they have to give birth by C-section because we've made them so because their skulls are too big. Yeah. Like we're, we're it's it's we're like inhuman. it's this weird <laughs> awful thing. So that's like a, I've always cute. said whenever my friends are looking for dogs or whatever and I've I had a purebred lab yeah. and I had cuz it was a neighbor that didn't treat it well so we took it. Right. Uh, and Duke. And, and so Duke was the junkyard and Ben was the lab. Ben was a sweetheart, but dumb as a fucking post. <laughs> and Duke was just the smartest fucking dog. And maybe I was imprinting stuff again as a kid, but like, I'd watch him do things. He was kind of tricky. They'd both bury their bones in the backyard, right? Yeah. They'd bury, bury, bury. And Duke would look up and look at Ben where he buried his bone, and then he'd continue. And then when Ben was away, he'd get up, dig up Ben's bone and move it to where he de- buried his bone. I watched him do this. <laughs> and then the next day, Ben's back like, what the hell? There's a beautiful oatmeal cartoon uh, comic about, uh, you know, like the relationships between humans and dogs. Yeah. And it's like, and there is something in there about like, I don't understand this creature. I've seen it literally like poop, eat its poop, vomit, eat its vomit, yeah. and then poop it again and yeah. eat it again. Yeah. Like, I don't get this creature whatsoever. Yeah. But that's the beautiful thing. Like, dogs are... Like fiercely loyal, and there's yeah. not, you know, like like spend spend you know five minutes on Reddit's uh all you know R yep. R three A W W yeah yeah, and you will you know you will just like fall in love with these animals because mm-hmm. they're just they love and there's nothing like you know like dogs and babies are a big thing you know yeah. like look at dogs and look up dogs and babies on the internet and we won't even get into cats on the internet oh yeah well they just don't give a fuck no it's beautiful <laughs> yeah this film would not work with with cats no no <laughs> um, but you know like so so there's a lot the, this film could have could easily hook you and if it hooks you hard enough mm-hmm. maybe that turn will work for you. But it, I, I, you know, it didn't work for you. Uh, it didn't work for me. Yeah. Uh, and it's a shame. It's, but it, you know, if we're coming to recommend this film or not, if we're coming to say, should people watch this movie? 
You can watch it on iTunes right now, by the way. I'm I'm fairly certain, without saying, this feels like a film that'll pop up on Netflix within a few months yeah. or something. Yeah, like that. it's just got enough notoriety and and uh and it will be popular enough. I think it's what, eighty two on Rotten Tomatoes or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. It's um, it's reviewed very, very well. Yes. Um you that'll be on Netflix. Yeah. Um but I mean you can give it a rent now if it sounds like it's something that interests you. Like again, I think you put it really well. If you want the adult version of like uh, dog movies that you're sort of used to, where you grew up with, yeah. with a granted a, a weird little turn at the end. Uh, it's it's definitely worth a watch. It's also it's you know something. Although if you do rent it on iTunes, this pissed me off. Oh, the subtitles! Oh my yeah, god, yeah, that... the subtitle track treated it like it was a closed caption track in the sense like faucet running like yeah, up yeah. top and like uh, cart squeaking. And I'm like, no, like yeah. you could put dog growling. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, because that you know whatever, but like don't put like water drips. And so, just... so that that's interesting as well though, because I think the film, um, you know, like it won a major prize at Cannes. Mm-hmm. This trailer came out, and everyone freaked out about the trailer when it came out. Like it was like, oh my god, I'll have film, to watch the trailer. It looks amazing, you know, like because no one knew anything about this film. But then I think maybe it feels, you know, just like just evidenced by the fact that um, it play, you know, it plays with closed captioning instead of just subtitles, means that it was probably. Bought and kind of just got you know distributed as quickly as possible. Yeah, you know it, it just it, I have no background information yeah. to to suggest that otherwise, but it feels that way. Yeah, um, and it's a shame, you know, because I think I think there's there's stuff to like in this film. There's, absolutely, there's, there's, absolutely, and there's stuff you haven't necessarily seen before, and it is. Very well constructed. Yeah. Now, I will say this. If you're the type of person uh, that just, like, can't stand any sort of animal violence, yeah. don't, don't. It's, it's not graphic. It, 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 there's some stuff, but, like, again, I know people that, like, if you do, th- th- there's a scene when when uh, when when the transformation from Hagen to Max is happening where uh, the trainer guy, whenever he's mean to him, he puts on glasses and a hood to look different and not have him. At, at, it's, yeah. it's actually it's it's pretty it's horrific, terrifyingly smart. Yeah. Um, basically, and he beats he beats him. He takes him out of the cage and beats him. And you don't obviously see him beat him, but you yeah. see the whole raising of the club and then the chain shaking against the wall that that uh, Max is attached to. And that I know I know tons of people that could not sit through that. So if that's the type of imagery that's not yeah. like gory. There's some blood not in that scene, but you know what I mean. Like, if that yeah. type of imagery you can't handle, then do not watch this movie. Yeah, I, we had a friend over to watch the movie last night, and and you know I assured this person that you know it would be fine. And then that scene happened, and I suddenly felt very bad, and I was like, "Ooh, what have I gotten this person into?" Right. Um, but I, I think the film does a smart job of like giving you violence, you know, like so you can see the brutality of the world, but not like. You know, not going over the board with it. It does. You know what? It, it does a fantastic job of that, and also still setting you up the entire time, feeling like there's still a chance you're going to see something horrific. It sets yeah. you up with that feeling where you're like, oh, f-. even like after they did the whole chain scene, I'm like, for a minute, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they're not going to show anything, and then the dog fight happens, I'm like, oh, they're going to show everything, yeah, and I'm just like, uh, not, like that was a good sort of pull for me, like mm-hmm. in a sense of like. I could see anything on screen in this in this world right now, and then it, the dogs and, become fucking sentient, and then uh, it's I think, all. Over. I think the the actual the handheld camera really plays yeah. well here because it because it matches the idea of seeing the world from the dog's point of view. Like, there's a lot of POV dog shots. Yeah, and then it, but then it also like unsettles the viewer, and I think uh, like there's a scene where the dog is uh, where Hagen is trying to cross the street. Oh God, you know, and it's oh. it's. It's brutal to watch, but it's oh. it's it's just it's beautifully done with this handheld camera because yeah. it really feels frenetic. You like cars are crossing, and it's like it's just it's just. If it's you so- can watch that scene of Hagen trying to cross the fucking freeway, and you don't instantly feel terror and bad for that dog, then you should be put to sleep. Well, it's funny because you're watching it, going, "Wait, how did they do that from just a logistics point of view? Like, how did they get the dog to actually like?" Almost they, cross the street, and then back up, and then almost cross. Well, and obviously, back- there's no real. That's probably where some CG is, is the cars. I don't know. I, then, I think they're real cars. And then uh, you can, yeah, I mean, you can train a dog, and as they did, to mm-hmm. do any action on mm-hmm. command. Like, it's, it's, they can do the, like, oh, now, like. But it, that, I guess that's what's remarkable about this dog's performance. Yeah, it's good. It, <laughs> is it's not, it's not just like, you know, 
sit, stand up, you know, roll over or anything. Yeah. It kind of like it moves towards the thing and then backs away as it thinks about it and then backs. The you know. dog is the best actor in this film, and it's 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 kind of it's interesting. It's got to suck to be the actors in this film because the dog is like, oh, it's it's Hagen's movie. Like, I hope no this question. dog found a beautiful, you know, like a a loving family and and was Hagen one of the dogs as well that they rescued to train, or was he an actual? I think they might. Dog? I mean, this dog has to carry the movie, so yeah. I'm sure this dog. Came two from, of them, two of them. Yeah, came from somewhere. Um, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure he's very well taken care of. Uh, he should be. It's the uh, and it's nice. The other dogs. It's good. It's a good. It's a good meta story. And and if you know, I, I, well, I guess the thing is, I don't think it necessarily. Oh, you mean the actual the, the, the survival meta, the, of the, the, the the fact that they took street dogs, trained right. them, and then gave them good homes is a good meta story. That's not anywhere in the movie. That's just what happened. Right. Right. By process of making the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's it's there's stuff. That, I mean, there was a you know like uh, the 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 friend who was over with us as an opera uh, fan, and we were sort of talking about Tannhauser, the the Wagner opera that's mentioned in the film. Often. Oh, that the, the kid ditches that Lily ditches. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 you know again that's an interesting artistic allegory as well because Tannhauser, as far as I can tell, is the the struggle between sacred and profane love. I'm reading directly from the Wikipedia oh. page. I am not an opera person at all. Although we watched a brilliant documentary about uh, Robert Lepage's uh, staging of the ring cycle at uh, the Metropolitan Opera afterwards. Okay. And, and that looked amazing to me. That's just an aside. There's this amazing documentary. It looks uh, incredible. Well, um, if you can do asides, I'll say Ant Man was really fun. <laughs> yeah, well, see, I ditched. I, I, so, so actually, you saw Ant Man and you saw this. Yeah. Now, now, do you think there would be more for us to talk about? Because, because no, no, no. There's way more to talk about, and there's a reason why we didn't do Ant Man. And Ant Man, mm. uh, it, it's because it's it's good, and it's for instance, it's the stuff that I like, but it's the same sort of stuff. We could really dive into it, as a lot of people have. But we're, we we want to be the only <laughs> podcast about a movie. No, no, we are the only podcast about. Well, I know that's what we we are. Oh. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. We wanted to do it, so we are. Yeah. Uh, and we just thought that we would do a film that, you know, really deserved, to, you know, to have one one group of people just talk about it and get the word out officially. Well, should this, I mean, in the episodes we've done so far, this is the point where we're breaking from the po- the discussion about White God a little bit and being more of a meta discussion about about this podcast. And we're, we've done a lot of action movies, and then we've thrown in two, two very you know like yeah. s- much smaller mm-hmm. art house films yeah. you would argue uh, uh a pigeon sat on the brass reflecting its in the own existence and white god mm-hmm. do how do you feel like the conversation between you and i kind of like balances between those two things because this, this is the only podcast about the only podcast about, about movies. movies oh my god uh, Are we to- talking tang yeah <laughs> uh the no, I, I I think there's there's things to be said about both, but I also feel like the last few films we did, we would hit similar points talking about Ant Man because there are some are blockbusters, and Ant Man in particular would just be Marvel stuff where like Terminator at least had certain sort of interesting <laughs> sciency. What if it did whatever Jurassic World, you know? Again, but they're all very similar. Ant Man would have felt like to me more of the same. Where this is a much more interesting topic. Uh, had we not done three action movies before, like yeah. had we just done Pigeon, I would be like, no, of course we're talking about Ant Man. I yeah. just wanted to kind of vary it up. But uh, but uh, but interestingly, I think there is a thematic through line in this film, which is that this film feels like an action movie done by an art house director, right? And it doesn't quite work, but it is kind of like to me, it kind of feels like someone trying to do something on the level of spectacle of Planet of the Apes, but in a really gritty, realistic way with with a more realistic allegory. You know, like, it doesn't... It feels like that last act is really hitting an action movie kind of beat. Well, it wants to, but it, do- it doesn't. I don't think it does. No, it doesn't. It no, wants right. to. Yeah. So, so it's not like... So a pigeon sitting on a branch reflecting its own existence is not... It is nothing like Ant Man or Mad Max. Anything. Fury. It's or, nothing like again. anything. Whereas this feels closer in tone. So for our for our listeners, you know, like if you want to branch out of the films that you're watching, and I'm hoping, you know, like that you're watching things other than just Jurassic World and Terminator Genesis and an Ant Man that sort of thing. Even though there's nothing necessarily wrong with those films, I don't think this film White God is necessarily too far of a stretch in. The opposite no, direction. No, this would be a good, a good toe dipping for yeah. people that want to get out of the summer sort of grind. Yeah. Um, 
again, I, I wish it was something where I could be like, oh my God, it's the best thing ever and you should totally see it. Drop uh, everything and go see yeah, it. But it's not, it's, it, not, it's, not, it's not that, unfortunately. Uh, and, and I, you know, I had... And I, I would still see Ant-Man again before I watch this movie again. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's a, you know, it's, it's an obnoxious thing on my part and it's a snobby thing on my part. But I'm, I, I hope that when we discover like a film like White God that we're finding something that is, you know, like we're, we're getting into uncharted territory slightly for, for, for you and I and, and we're finding some gym. You know, and and so far in the two that we've discussed, I we've been somewhat lukewarm-ish on them. There right. Are, there are a couple of others I would love us to try, like the Tribe, which is the I think it's a Serbian film that's entirely in sign language. Oh wow! Yeah. I, yeah. You know, like I really want to try that. Mm -hmm. um, or Court, the Indian film about um, the court proceedings about a song. You know, like those things seem. Don't interesting. you don't you love audience that he's trying to guilt me into seeing <laughs> into <laughs> seeing more different films while I'm on air? So I'll be like, <laughs> oh yeah, of course we can. No, we're watching the entire Marvel universe in order, and then we're gonna talk. No, I'm, obviously I'm fine with seeing other. Yeah. stuff i just want to you know we're making it varied and i hope that you enjoy that we're uh not you shahir but the audience <laughs> uh enjoys that we're kind of trying to do sort of differenty type things also uh let's just wrap this up real quick and then we'll do all of our housekeeping uh at end of the day if you like animal movies and like we said you want to see an adult one i think this is worth your time just know going in that <laughs> you're you're in for one hell of a neck snap well, it's an interesting thing, though, actually, because if you think about it, hopefully they've watched the film before they listen to this podcast. So, true, you know, because we've spoiled the whole thing. But, but I think even though that we've spoiled the whole thing, I still think it's worth watching. If you want to see an amazing dog performance, go well, watch this movie. Go, I can't think of a better one. I mean, big, you know, the other film was Beginners, which I enjoyed the yeah. uh, film a couple of years ago, and The Artist, which I haven't seen, but yeah. I know everyone talks about the dog in that film. I mean, I know it's no Air Bud 2 <laughs> Golden Receiver or Retriever or whatever. Uh, I don't know. It's the football one. Uh, no. go If you like dog movies and you can handle a little bit of uh, doggy violence. A bit of I the old ultra doggy violence. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it'd be worth your time. Anyway, uh, yeah, this has been the only podcast about white God um, <laughs> and movies in general. Uh, if you find another one, please let us know because we'd love to. I'd love. I'd love to listen to a movie podcast. They just don't exist. Actually, I have to. I have to admit, I've been, been moonlighting a little bit, and a friend of mine, Ivan Kanda, has a podcast called the Reviewed Podcast, which is fantastic. And I don't what, know how. What's it, it about? I think it's about movies. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me because no, we're the only yeah. podcast about movies. Yeah, so. But listen, the guys over there were great. I uh, I was on there talking about Terminator. So if you don't know, uh, you can look it up on iTunes. Like the action figures? Like the Terminator <laughs> action figures in no, the comic no, book? The, well, I think that's what I was there for because I'm, I'm an expert on action figures. I know. Actually, I'm an expert on book to movie adaptation. Uh, oh. No, movie to book adaptations. Oh, okay. So I read the 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 Terminator novella, oh. and then I no, that makes about, sense. Yeah, okay. I talked about All that. Right. Everything's clicking now. But uh, check out uh, reviewed podcasts. What they do is they take uh, an older movie uh, that's been out for a while and just and just see does it still hold up. Um, and it's great because like I I recently bought a projector, so I have this like the ability to watch movies. On a giant screen now. Look at Daddy Warbucks over here. <laughs> well, la dee da, Mister Fancy Pants. <laughs> Who did I buy the projector screen from? Uh, that would be me. <laughs> but but it's it's uh, like I'm just going through this thing right now where I'm watching older movies that right. I you know watched on VHS growing up, and I'm now getting a chance to watch it on the big screen. So check out Ivan's podcast, the Reviewed Podcast. It's great. I was on it uh, this week talking about the original James Cameron Terminator. Nice. Um... The action figures. Uh, no. The, <laughs> the novella. <laughs> the novella, whatever you said. No, that's cool. Uh, where else can people find you, Shahir? You can find me at... Uh, w Do people still say www? You can. All right. www.shahirdaud.com, which is S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D. I have a very cool music video coming up, uh, hopefully within the next few months, that I hope you guys will enjoy. Nice. And you can find me at MatthewKroll.com. That's M-A-T-T-H-E-W dot K-R-O-L. No dot in the middle. Don't know why I put that. <laughs> MatthewKroll, one word, dot com. Uh, also, Instagram, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z, and Twitter, E-M-S, or Emperor M-S-K. I can't even remember all my handles. Um, and yeah. Uh, we have a Gmail account as well. We do. Give that out. Only movie podcast at Gmail, spelled like it is. And we have a Twitter account, Only Movie Pod. And like every week, we will be giving away two movie tickets. Yes, we will. All you have to do is email us in. 
and we will give you the detail. Uh, once you do, we will pick the email we like and make you do a little review for us on your iPhone. You're going to do whatever. some work. Yeah, and, but you'll get two free movie tickets to an AMC movie theater of your choice. Whoa. Whoa. There's so many of them. <laughs> um, In which you could go see Mission Impossible. Oh, yeah, that's coming Ant-Man. up. Also, we're going to be trying, I know we we missed last week, we're going to be trying to keep uh, keeping a regular schedule for our programming. I know it's, uh, you know. We, Summer hours. We live in a busy world, and yeah. excuses, and time, and oh, I'm tired. <laughs> um, but no, we're going to try to we're gonna try to try keep this going. Uh, we love doing it. Yeah, so yeah. we hope you we hope. love listening to it. Anyway, and also, I think, I, I, I one thing I, I do want to promise and hopefully try I think we should maybe do a double feature week. Maybe not even have uh, newer movies or whatever. We could go to an older one or, or a classic. But we should make the other person watch a film that we we're pretty sure they're then gonna they're... hate, <laughs> right. and then discuss it. Because I think I think you guys like listening to us fight. From the feedback that I've that I've gotten and so far, we're, today we're like, I agree with you, Sam. Yeah, yeah. It has. I, I was surprised. I mean, I guess it's not surprising because we're. You know, we're both avid movie watchers, and I think we respond to the same sort of things. Right, and, right, right, right. and this was a film where it's, it's just, so glaringly obvious what's wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, well, this has been the only podcast about movies. Uh, my name is Matthew Kroll. And I'm Shahir Dowd, and I lit the dogs out. You did, but I, I'm not going to get this back in. Yeah, you should put them back in because Florence, uh, <laughs> she's just going to tell us basically that the dog days are over. <laughs>